welcome back to the Reach Youth Podcast, where our mission is to reach, teach, and equip new leaders among our young people. Um, as you heard in the last episode, we just finished Youth Week 2019, just a little while back, and we are uploading all the sermons from that week, save two. Um, this episode, we are going to be hearing from Brother Matt Gallimore, youth pastor at Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. We interviewed him, just as we did all of our speakers. If you've not heard those, uh, you should go check out those episodes. But this is also a great treat for you. This was his Wednesday night message entitled, Thou Preparest Table Before Me. Uh, if you're good man, they'll cut you a deal if you need it. Just, that's me as I joke about something from him. So. But uh, he's a good guy. This is this is me and Tyler did. We got something in common. Married into a great family. We both love God. Amen. So tonight would you just come, Brother Matt Galbore, and pray you, Lord. Know, uh, Thank you, God, for everything that you've done for me, God, when I didn't deserve it. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I want to start by thanking Brother Daniel Orton, Sister Cheryl Orton, for, for allowing me, and Brother Jake and Orton, for allowing me to be a part. I realize I'm 30, going to be 33 years old. Amen. I'm very slowly getting out of youth department. Amen. But hey, I don't think it matters how old you are. Amen. Amen. I think we, us that have graduated, Brother Jacob, from the youth department, I think we have a little bit of knowledge that we can still give to the young people in there. So I don't think it really matters how old we get. Amen. But, but I do want to thank Harvest House for allowing me to be a part of this. I want to thank my pastor and Truth Apostolic Church. Hey, I preached in Ankeny, Iowa. That's really the only time I've really got out very big and preached anywhere. And when you ain't got your home church backing you up, it's totally different. Amen. So I'm thankful anytime that I ever get to preach out and my home church comes with me. Thankful once again for my best friend, Sister Jasmine. <laughs> she, she just loves me. Amen. Sometimes you got to meet a need every once in a while. <laughs> Right, but I want to thank, like I said, thank my pastor, thank God, and thank this church. Amen. I want to get right into the reading of the word tonight, and then I'll let you guys step down. If you could, everybody grab your Bible, or as Brother Tyler said, your cell phone, the Bible app, whatever whatever we got, let's, let's turn to a very, very familiar scripture tonight. Uh, most of us could probably quote this, but 
I want you all to turn to it any of you that can so that we make sure we don't misquote it, all right? Turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 23. We're just going to start in verse 1. And for those of you that try to read at least one chapter a day, you're getting ready to read it, all right? Because I'm going to read you a whole chapter. Psalms 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. Somebody say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Somebody say my soul. My soul. My soul. Hey, just stopping there for just a second. I want to be just a little bit selfish, Sister Jenna. I, I want, it's my soul. All right. I, I want God to restore my soul. All right. And it says, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. That's a hard word to say sometimes because it's a, it's a hard way to follow to some people. Amen. But the Bible says that he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How many has ever been there? Amen. Amen. How, many, how many has ever been in an area of your life that you just feel like it's not going to make it any further? Yeah. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I want you to pay attention right here. Right here. Verse 5. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And everybody repeat this with me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. If you could just lay your Bibles down in the pew beside you, and let's all lift our hands up tonight. God, we come before you tonight. God, we thank you for this opportunity, God, that you have given us to come into your house, God. God, we ask you, God, as I stand before this congregation, God, that you would move me out of the way, God, and you would anoint me, God, to let your voice come through for this beautiful congregation. God, we lift ourselves up to you. We lift our hearts to you. We lift our minds to you, God, and we surrender our emotions, our thoughts. God, we surrender everything, God, that we are today, God. God, I ask you, God, that you would move in this house. I ask you, God, that you would anoint the people's ears in this place, God. For your word is already anointed, Lord. And I ask you, God, that your word will go forth tonight. God, in your wonderful loving name, we give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I read that scripture and I, I started thinking about just a sheep that you might see, Brother Texas, out in a pasture. And you know that these sheep, they run wild and they go all over this pasture. But when that shepherd walks into that pasture, that sheep knows that shepherd's voice. And the scripture tells us tonight that the Lord is my shepherd. 
So when I feel that I am astray, when I feel that I am no longer walking in the, in the place that I need to be, Brother Heath, all I got to do is stop and listen for that voice. Amen. amen. That voice may not always be, amen, an audible voice. It may not always be a voice that you hear in prayer. It might sometimes, which most of the time, come from a pastor from a pulpit. It may come from you, a pastor reading a word from you, but you understand that the Bible tells us that the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. As I was reading this scripture and I, and, I, and I started dealing with things, Brother Texas, in my own life, I started visually seeing things that was that was manifesting itself. And, and, and I'm just going to be transparent for a moment if I can. It seems like every time I come here, I try to be transparent. But that's the way God's been dealing with me lately. I, I, I've had a situation at work that's come up. And, and believe me, I don't want nothing to do with it. Amen. I was I, I worked in an office that was full of nothing but men. And all of a sudden, Brother Chad, these two women come into our office and, and receive a job. And, and now I have to work alongside women. Uh, and, and, and there's nothing in that conversation at all that could ever be brought up. But I got a text message one day from one of my co-workers that worked. And he made the statement like, because he was at work trying to tempt me, trying to make me look at something I shouldn't look at. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So he made a comment because I am the one that has to train this young girl. Because she's taking over the position that I once worked in. And so I'm the one training her. And so he makes this comment. He says, hey, he said, for you not to do something like that, he said, but you sure do look awful cozy with her. And I text him back in, in, in some very nice words. I said, you better shut your mouth. <laughs> I said, don't you even think that you're going to get something like that started about me. I said, just because I got to train her, just because we got to work in the same office, just because I have to make conversation with her, it doesn't mean that we're all cozy. It doesn't mean, amen, that I don't love my wife or my children. It doesn't mean that I'm going to take a step off to where God placed me. But then all of a sudden, Amen. We were at work and we're going out. Me, me and a couple people from the, from the office, we take our breaks out around the trucks sometimes. And out back beyond these, these trucks in the back of the Daniel, there's some rocks that lead to a pond out back. And right around them rocks, if we go out there certain times of the day, there's two snakes that, 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 that like to crawl on these rocks. And Hey, I didn't understand this, but my wife told me one day, she said, listen, Matt, she said, you better guard yourself. You better guard yourself. And I'm thinking, why am I guarding myself, Sister Brianna? I love what God gives me. And all of a sudden, I, I find myself out walking these rocks, looking, and Brother Heath Travis there laying these snakes. Amen. And I didn't think nothing of it, but when I come home, I was telling my wife, I showed pictures of them, videos of them, 
And I, I'm like, look at these snakes. They're, they're right out there. But it didn't hit me that it was not until, amen, that God gave me this message. It was not until, Brother Donald, that, that I had to deal with this text message from this guy I work with saying things about like that. That all of a sudden these snakes arrive at my workplace. And all of a sudden I get ready for church Monday night. And I'm going to church and I'm, I'm outside of our camper where we live at and I, my mom hollers and she says, Matt, where's your gun? And I said, I got it right here on my side. She said, my brother and my dad was out here and, and hey, the only good snake is a dead snake, man. Yeah. And my mom hollered. She said, Matt, she said, what? She said, there's a snake out here. Well, of course, my wife's like, what kind was it? Those kill, those kill poisonous snakes. Like, I'll kill that one, dude. I don't like any of them. Man, but, I, but I've noticed after she said this thing about guard yourself, and I noticed about, about all this stuff, hey, this is just a battle that's come my way. This is just an enemy trying to set his head up in my life and trying to put an obstacle in my way. This is just the enemy manifesting itself in the form of a snake, just like what happened in the Garden of Eden. And I found myself thinking about my message and how I was I was putting all this together and 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 I go back I go back brother brother Texas of when I worked in the very same place that you and brother Daniel worked at and I can remember on my lunch break just about every other day calling my pastor and telling him please let me quit this place I promise. I promise I'll have a job by tomorrow. Please let me quit. I hated that place. I hated that place. And every time I would, I would hear him, he would stand up behind the pulpit and he'd preach the most dreadful message that my ears have ever heard from the pit to the palace. He would say, all right, Joseph, all right, Joseph, it's going to be all right. You're going to make it. It's going to be all right, Joseph. You're going to make it. And I can remember my ears stringent when I heard the message Joseph, and I got to where I hated Joseph. I got to where I hated Joseph so bad. I hated the name. I hated the book of Genesis. I hated everything about it because that's what comes forth. Every time my feet step into the church, from the pit to the pot. But you know, there's some truth to that story. There was some truth to that story. Going back, and I've, I've been reading it, I've been reading it because I've realized a lot through those messages. And I realized that if you would go back and start reading in the book of Genesis in about 37, you would know that Joseph, son of Jacob, Joseph had a dream. And this dream, this dream was one, brother, 
Tommy, that even his own brethren didn't like. We know the story. Most of you can repeat it with me, but he, his brother didn't like it. But you know what I realized in this book, in this chapter, in this reading? I realized that a man by the name of Jacob, Brother Cosman, he loved his son of old age. Brother Jacob, he loved him so much, brother. And he made a coat with many colors. And he would put this coat on Joseph. That was his favorite son, the Bible says, of his old age. That was his favorite son. But now he loved Joseph so much. You know what, Joseph? Your daddy loves you. And all these animals, they despise you. They despise you ever you, you ever lived. They despise who you are. They despise the fact that your daddy loves you so much. In church, they're going to despise this church. They're going to despise the day that Harvard's house ever opened up a door. Look down, they're going to despise you for who your daddy was. Because your daddy loves you. Harvard's house, they're going to despise you because your daddy gave you a coat and Other churches are going to despise you because your daddy said it's you for the man Lord was going to start a church in Marion and he put you here he placed you here Sister Cheryl for a purpose he placed you here for every single person in this county for every single person in the county of Marion Brother Jacob he placed you and he gave you the color so many colors do you know why I heard him so bad? Because the Bible says that even though his daddy gave him a coat with many colors, the Bible tells us in the, in the, the th book of 37, chapter 37, verse about 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that area, Brother Daniel Ward just said that even his own daddy questioned the dream that he had. Could you imagine? Could you imagine, Brother Jacob? Could you imagine coming to church and having a message sent from God? And you walking into this place and you know that it's of God. And all of a sudden you step up behind a pulpit and, and, and God says, No! You can't do it! I know you sent me there with that message. I know you sent me there with that vision. I know you sent me that dream. I know. Father's house, I know. Reach you through. I know that you sent me to marry for a perfect. I know that you sent me here with a vision. With a dream. 
the Bible tells us that when he talks to his daddy and he says the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars But Jacob, the Bible says that Jacob looks at him and he says, Son, are you telling me that I'm going to value you? Are you telling me, your daddy, the one who gave you this coat, you're going to value me? The Bible says in verse 11, Brother Jacob, I want you to listen to this word talking to his house. And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the same. Don't you remember that his father observed his father started he questioned it brother Jacob he questioned it at his house he questioned ever putting you in marriage but all of a sudden now the father starts observing he starts seeing maybe I did but yes I remember Texas putting you here for me it wasn't ever for Harvard's house you wouldn't have been that it wasn't for Harvard's house you could have still been lost and gone to the devil's head Wasn't for Harvard's house. How many people? How many people would still be lost? Just Michelle going to the devil's hell. How many people? Hey, I know sometimes it seems like a lot of work. Sometimes it seems like people are not listening. Well, Jackie, let me sit down just a moment. Keep my, keep my jacket. <coughs> so the story goes on. Story goes on. Joseph starts searching for his brothers. <clears throat> he's going out. He's trying to find his brothers because God gave him a little bit more of a vision. Yeah. I showed him this about the 12, the sun, the moon, and the 11. I'll give him more of a vision. So he's going to find his brothers because he wants to make sure his brothers know everything about the vision that God gives him. So the Bible says that he goes to Dothan and he finds and he walks upon a group of his brothers standing here conspiring together. Well, Daniel, imagine what it would feel like if you were to step foot into a sexual conference and that's in every single church was out there. Bashing Harvest House. It hurt. Imagine what it would feel like, Harvest House. The step where you thought you was loved, where you thought that you was a part of. Now all of a sudden, those people that once loved you. Mr. Bethany, those people that that county that you had such a heartfelt burden for. Imagine. 
We turn the back. And they now try to kill him. The Bible said that they was going to kill him. For the Donald, they was going to place him into a pit. They was going to be like, you know what? Joseph Mary says. The text says it would be better just to get rid of him. You have to tell him. You have to listen to this mess for the talking that he's not saying that we're going to bow down to him. This mess that thanks Sister Michelle that that going to make me believe that there's only one God. This mess that makes me feel like Brother Texas that I have to dress a certain way and that I have to look a certain way and that I have to believe on a man. It'd be better just to kill him. Get rid of him. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on. Bible scared me. Man, a brother by the name of Reuben. And the story says that Reuben said, hey, hey well, let's, let's go kill him. Harvest house, let, let, let's go kill him. This is moment. Let's just, let's, let's just say, hey, we ain't got to get rid of him. We ain't got to kill him, but let's just sell him to the Israelites. Come on. Let's make a little money off of him. Let's put him up to be mocked. Let's put them up but they don't mean nothing to us. Just a little cat. Just a little extra money. Yeah. Come on. That's all we are. So Reuben says, let's don't kill him, but let's put him in a pit. Let's go ahead and put him in a pit, Brother Tyler. Let's go ahead and put him there. And let's go ahead and just, we'll, we'll, we'll bring the Israelites in as they, as they walk by. Yes. So the brothers threw him in a pit. <laughs> Believe me, the pit wouldn't be a very good place because I've been there, remember? From the pit to the palace. <laughs> I know what it's like. You feel like your world is crashed. Yeah. You feel like everything that you have is broke down. You feel like you have nothing more but to be depressed. Come on. Come on. Come on. Good. Here's what they'll do to you. Put Jacob. Here's what they'll do to Joseph. They'll sell him out. With this cold, Sister Charlotte, this cold. Now, Jacob, man, this is what made him favor. This is the only thing, Brother Chuck, that Jacob cared about. He didn't care about us, Brother Tommy. He didn't care about us, Brother Texas. All we were was just an old son that could go out and work the field. All we were. Was this old minister that never, never would amount to nothing? All we were it was just a normal son, but that old child. That son of the old age. That son, Brother Tyler, that he wanted more. Yeah. Yeah. Those stupid jackets that I never got. 
What do you mean? Parker's house coming in here as a man in Kentucky and think that they're going to take over. They ain't got nothing but three people, four people when they start. What kind of church is that? They ain't nothing. Come in here. We, we run five, six hundred. Who are they to run 38 last week? Who are they? Stick it to Come on. Those 11 stars. Those 11 stars grab that jacket. Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites. They actually took him. We'll take you on a journey, church. This is the rain with me for me. Bible tells us that they take him and they sell him. The Ishmaelites take him and sell him to a man by the name of Paul. The church will think, we would think, Brother Chad, that being sold to a man by the name of Potiphar, who we know being second to favor. We would think that being in that would be our palace. And we sometimes 
believe and stop and, 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 and think of ourselves so highly. Because the Bible says in chapter 39, Brother Jacob, that Joseph had to want for nothing. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And so now all of a sudden, Potiphar gives Joseph everything that he ever wanted. He gave him a little bit of power. He gave him, he could go, he could go, if he wanted a new suit, he could give him a new suit. If you want new shoes, you'll get new shoes. But it was all at his hands. The Bible says when Potiphar's wife actually comes, uh, tries to come up, come into him, he actually says this one thing. He said, Hey, my master held nothing from me. So, friend, I'm here to tell you tonight, in your journey from the pit to the palace, there's going to be blessings that, hey, the Bible, the Bible don't tell us this, but I'm sure being part of her, being sick, I'm sure his wife was good to look upon. I'm sure there's going to be times where there's going to be somebody good to look upon. Come on. my situation. That's that's enough. Anyway, I know that's taking it. We're taking it. Anyway, that's where you stop and get a drink. Everybody lift your hands, close your eyes, and don't look at my face getting red, okay? But anyway, I'm sure there's going to be times for the chat. Amen. Where, where things are going to happen, blessings are going to look so great. Maybe it might be a new job. Maybe it might be a new house. Maybe it might be a new vehicle. Maybe, just maybe, it might be those of you that's not married, a, a person of the opposite sex that looks like there's somebody that you would want to, to, to be married to the rest of your life. But let me tell you. In Joseph's journey from the pit to the palace, he was tempted. This is pretty much how he put it. My father, my master, has held nothing. From me. Yes, sir. But you. Man. But you. And so therefore, while he was, I'm sure Joseph was in his little, was in his little room in the back of the palace. He was back in his room where nobody could see. And we know the story that Potiphar's wife comes in and, and, and she tries to lay with him and, and he pushes her off and runs. And she goes to Potiphar and she says, Hey, Joseph, the, the, the one that you brought into our house, look, he come try to lay with me and he left his club. Yeah, when they can't get what you have. And we know from that point 
Jacob had done no wrong. Not Jacob. Joseph. Who is James? Joseph had done no wrong. But the Bible tells us that in his journey from the pit to the palace, that he met up in this area in Potiphar's house, Mr. Brianna. And the Bible tells us that he was accused of wrongdoing and he got put into jail. While being in jail, we would understand that most of us would weep and most of us would cry. Most of us would, would be like, God, you don't love me anymore. God, why are you doing this to me? God. But Joseph in their pain. Joseph laying in there not giving up. Joseph laying in there still fighting. Joseph laying in there understanding that this is a battle that God has given him and it's going to be okay at the end of it. It's going to be alright when the table is prepared for us. It's going to be alright friend when the Bible tells us that he's standing in the chair. Joseph being prison. Chapter 40 goes on. But he travels and tells us of two. Two men. And in these two men, we know one of them being the butler and the other one being the baker from uh, And they're standing here and they're and they're they're crying, they're weeping because they're like, why? I'm the baker of Pharaoh. Why? I'm the butler of Pharaoh. What am I doing here? And they start sitting there crying, and God gives both of them a drink. But while they're sitting there in, the, in there in their in their jail talking about their dreams. What is that? They're crying. God give me a dream. And there's a man by the name of Joseph. He says, hey, I had a dream one time, boys. God showed me that dream, and I interpreted my own dream. What is your dream? Joseph sat in that jailhouse, and he interpreted the dreams for each one of them. One of them saying, hey, you're going to die in three days and you're going to be hung from a tree. And the other one says, hey, in three days, you're going to be taken and put back yeah. in the path. Don't forget me, but Texas, you all you know that the story goes on and, 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 and this happens. Yeah. 
year went by. Two years. I'm sure. I'm sure Joseph said, Don't bother us, falling, crying. He don't love me anymore. Oh, he don't care about me. He's left me here for two years. Oh, my. But all of a sudden, the Bible goes on to tell us. Bible goes on to tell us that in verse 41, the two dreams of Pharaoh had. And you know that when Pharaoh had this dream, Brother Daniel Horton, and, and he sat there and he said, Hey, what does this dream mean? What does it mean? I don't understand. So Pharaoh done the only thing Pharaoh knew to do to just and that was go get every magician, go get every witch, go get everybody you know that can bring something into my house and, and figure out what this dream means. Please, somebody tell me what this dream means. Brother Jacob, the Bible tells us that they said, Bob. They said, Hey, hold on just a minute. It's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back. There was a man. I met him. What I mean, man? What I mean? What? Hey, in the jail. I met him in the jail. Yeah. And this is what he told me, and it happened. I had a dream, and the, the baker had a dream too, and, and he interpreted our dreams, and, and all of a sudden, then three days happened. It happened. The baker died three days into it. You brought me back. And Pharaoh says, Whoa, go to the jail again. Bring Joseph to me. And they go and they get Joseph, and he comes in and he sits down on Mount Pharaoh. The same old little boy, the same old little boy, Brother Daniel Orton, that was in a pit, about to be killed by his own brothers. The same old little boy. Amen. That that wore the very coat. The same little boy. Same little boy. That man that we know by Jacob. A man that we know by Israel. He was the one. That made the coat that made him mark. The Bible says that Joseph sat in the Pharaoh's house. He sat down, started, started, started interpreting the dreams, and, and he goes on to interpret everything. After the dream was interpreted, the Bible tells us that Joseph was made a ruler. I'm sure it hurt 
Brother Tommy, I'm sure it hurt. The whole time he sat in the pit, the whole time he sat in prison, the whole time that he sat there for those two years waiting. But the Bible said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. I shall not want you. He sat there. He sat there. He sat there. In the prison, toward death, was at his footsteps. He sat there when it felt like nobody else loved him, when he felt like nobody else cared about him, when he felt all When he was ordered, seven years of planning. And seven years of famine. And here stood a man. A man. Friend, he stood up in front of a people that Pharaoh ruled. And Joseph, by knowing his dream, Stood there. He, he withheld rest. He made sure that everything was put back from the sky. He made sure that everything was round. Yeah. Give me 11 men right now. Give me a line up right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We got eight. But he's nine, but dog ten. The packs in the land. You got me out, buddy. Eleven men. The good-looking group of Israelites. Man, these, these Joseph, these men, Joseph, are your very brothers that sold you to the Israelites. These men are the brothers that hated you because of who you are. These men. These Joseph stood in front of a group of people. Sister Ashley, they stood there. Hey. Joseph, please. This famine's happening now. You already know yourself. Sir, Pharaoh's help. Whoever you are, please. Please help me. My daddy's at home. My daddy's at home. He's about to die. I don't have nothing to eat. Please, whoever you are. He knows who you are. You know why he knows who you are? Because this man, while he's in the prison cell that you put him in, this church, Harvest House, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to feel like you're all alone. Yeah. The very people that put you in the pain that you're going through. Uh, they want to eat you. Yeah. Come on. Yes, sir. 
It's going to feel like we're all locked up inside Carter's house. It's going to feel like nobody cares. It's going to feel like that you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's going to feel like fear is coming out over you. There's going to be times, Brother Daniel Ward, that you're going to search for that ride. The very next verse, Harvest House said, God, you prepare the table before me. Amen. Come on, yes, yeah. You prepare the table before me in the presence. Amongst the very people that hated you, amongst the very people that when you go out and you walk these streets, they will shut the door in your face. They are the people that hate you. There's going to be a time. Harvest House. Stand your ground. Yeah. Right now, if you go to Harvest House right now, please stand your feet. Hey, oh, boy, I'm being an abaca. Lift your hands right now. He called Robos and Dema Macala Abaco. He not a make a Robos and Dema Macala God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I speak to this table that you prepare right now in the presence of their enemy. Come on, Joseph, stand up right now. The very people that hate you are coming to the church. The famine is here, and this church was sent for a purpose. The church was sent to marry him for a purpose, Harvest House. There's going to become a time when Harvest House is going to have to stand up, amen, and reveal who you are. Reveal, amen, the very identity that you hold. Brother God, when you go out and you stand in Mary in Kentucky and you say, I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy roller, Christian that walks on this face of earth, I believe what I stand for. When you go into a place like Marion, who we know is the East majority trinity, they don't want what you got, but hey, one day they're gonna want what you have. Yeah. 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 
They are going to be standing at the door. Give me what you got. Brother Cheryl, Sister Cheryl, give me what you got. I need it. You know, Brother Tommy, when you're standing at your parents, your grandparents, or whoever's house during Thanksgiving, you may sit there in the living room and you're wondering when, when, when who are we going to get to eat? But Donald, then you hear how those beautiful ladies in there are cooking all that food up. But Tyler, you're thinking, God, I'm hungry. Oh, it smells so good. Oh, I can't wait to get a hold of that turkey and dressing. Yeah. I can't wait to get a hold of oh, my mouth for it. You sit there and you wait patiently. And some of us have gotten to the point where it's just so hard to wait patiently. And so you're trying to dip your fingers in. You're trying to grab a spoon and get you some milk in. But then all of a sudden, Brother Jacob, you hear, you hear the jingling of those forks and stuff. You hear the jingling of those plates banging together. And you knew that Mamma was in there setting the table. Right. You knew that Mamma was in there. So Chad placed each one of them plates where each one of us was going to sit. And it was all going to have forks and spoons and cups for the ice and a big old thing full of sweet tea. And you're going to have all this. The table is prepared for you. What's that table? Get your table. You know, it's time, Sister Jessica. You know, it's time to go in there and eat that food. Come on. Sitting back at home. He's dying. We need something, sir. We need something. Our daddy's dying. Yes. Come on. There he stood. You threw him in a pit. Yeah. A bunch of jerks. You sold him to this for life. You was bound and determined by your own greed, by your own jealousy. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He don't have the coat of many colors that his daddy gave Jake. But now, he stands before you just like the dream said. Right. And here stood the sun sent the hope who sent the 11 stars to bow down to me. The 11 stars are going to come to Harvard's house. They're going to knock on his door. 
They're going to say, Brother Daniel Horton, my daddy's dying at home. My mama's dying at home. Come on. I know I've lived in Marion all my life, and I know that these are the only things that we've had to offer. Oh, would you please give me what you've got? Give me what you've got. I don't understand Harvest House. I don't understand Brother Daniel Horton. I don't understand why, as Christians, sometimes we have to go through things. I don't understand why we have to think being a child of God that we wouldn't have enemies. You would think. Being a child of God, we would have to go through trials. You would think being a child of God that our, 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 our very table would not have to be set for us in the presence of our enemy. We should be living joyful. We should be living happy. We should be living happy-go-lucky. Just being able to do whatever we want to because we're a child of God. Harvest House, I know what it feels like to feel like you're alone, to feel like you'll be better off. Stay. Be better off. Do not ever come out and show your face. Remind me of a Disney story. Most of you probably know the story I'm talking about. Hey, man, but a young girl, her mother and father died. So she was given to her father and her stepmother. It was actually what it was. Her father didn't die. But given to her father and her stepmother. She had pretty little stepsister. This young girl's name was Cinderella. And she stood amongst a group of people that hated her very existence. So she had to stand there every day and see her up. Stand there every day. Look at these two girls that didn't have, didn't, didn't deserve to be treated. The story tells us that Cinderella will have to get down on her hands and knees and clean the floor. It's going to be hard sometimes to labor in Marion. It's going to be hard sometimes to push and to shove. It's going to be hard sometimes to pick up the very feet that God gives you and keep walking. Amen. To Cinderella every day. Show up. Ah! Ah! It's hard! It's hard! And I'm sure those evil stepsisters would go back behind her and knock stuff off the floor and so she had to pick it up again. Why does she deserve to do that? Why does Harvest House deserve to go through what Marion was going to put them through. Why does Truth Apostolic Church have to deserve to go through what we go through in Madisonville? Why does Star Bethlehem have to go through what they go through in Ilsley? Why does Abundant Life have to go through what they do in Silsley? Repent. 
learning. Still God. Put on in the story. You know, the ball happened. She couldn't, she couldn't go. Sister, she couldn't go to the ball. Because her step up to make her clean. So finally, finally, she makes it to the ball. She goes on at the ball, and this prince looks at her. This prince looks at her, and he gives her a shoe. She, she, she wears a, a glass slipper. He comes back with the glass slipper looking to see who she was. But throughout the trial, throughout the area that she was in, at the end of the story, she went from a glass slipper to a glass crown. God is looking to give this church a crown. It's going to be hard. He never said it was easy. But if, if, if this screen right now still said a four-letter word, Harvest House, it would have said seek. God is seeking a person in this room tonight. Harvest House, God is seeking you to stand the gap. It's not going to be easy because you're going to be standing in the presence of your enemy. Mr. Beth, if you'll come. Or better yet, Mr. Tyler, if you'll come. Brother Daniel, Sister Cheryl. Come up to my brother, brother uh, Texas and Sister Beth. Come up. <laughs> Harvest House. God gave you these. God gave you each one, every one of these. People right here. Don't ever, ever take this family for granted. Because they've been in the pit. They've been lied on. They've went through the struggles. Sister Michelle. This family has fought for you when you didn't even know you needed to be fought for. You don't realize sometimes that they will stand up behind a pulpit and they will preach. And God will show them things about you guys and they will preach their hearts out. And they will go home and fight a spirit that you was fighting. Because they stand up preparing the table for you. So that when you can go out and marry it, they're going to have to deal with certain things. Because that time is going to worship. 
If a man of God in his life will stand up. When this church is being mocked and made fun of, it's still. Don't stand up just to get me. Seek it. Seek it. Reject it. Seek it. Somebody stand in the gap for but sister, can I stand in the gap for you? But can I stand in the gap for you? When you go home at night and you go to bed, Brother Donald, and you go to sleep, you close your eyes. And it's such a you say, the family, because they fought for you. When you step out and you go to work with text, you fight those things, not always because of you. That's what it's for. Because they fight things and you fight things, but that's okay. There's a table spread in the presence of our enemy. When you don't know, when you don't know where your next turn is. Just a mind when you don't know where your next turn is. People it's hard, brother. It's hard. I'm telling you, it's hard. Just Michelle, it's hard. You never said it was going to be easy. Never for God. It's only as easy as we make it. Because when you go out and you fight that battle and you give in to that battle, but when you turn around, when you turn around, you say, God, there's somebody else I can speak for. Okay, there's somebody else I can speak for, Brother Daniel. There's somebody in this pew. So let's all lift our hands. Let's all pray right now for Harvest Minister, since you've church, find somebody from Harvest House right now that you can lift their hands up. Hallelujah. Find somebody that you can seek for. Find somebody that you can lift their hands. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Come on, truth out the silence. Right now, let's leave the pews. Let's walk out of our pews. Let's sign somebody. The table is spread. It's gonna be hard, friend. It's gonna be hard. But let me tell you, Harvest House, truth apostolic has your back. Thank <laughs> you. 
We've got everything from sermons to interviews to audio journals. So we've got plenty of stuff to keep you occupied and hopefully bless you. And maybe even inspire you to help us reach our world. Thank you for tuning in.